1: Welcome to the Writer's Room, where the funny writers who sit in funny rooms and write funny stuff for other people finally get to talk. Here's your host, Emmy-winning writer and comedian, Jeff Cesario. All right, welcome to the podcast. I enjoy the shorter intro. My old intro used to be much longer. Uh, This one's shorter. What was the old one? And the old one was, um, it was actually the third movement from a Brahms symphony. (laughs) with a little bit of voiceover <laughs> can, you do, can you do the longer
0: one to, to fill up more time
1: <laughs> <laughs> no because you're fascinating my guest today the incredible joe fury uh who you uh may recognize uh his name from uh david letterman or news radio or uh let's see um uh watching ellie or talk show with spike ferriston or his own movies bunches of stuff and he's consulted on projects with <clears throat> Dimitri martin and uh, most recently uh what we do in the shadows, the Jermaine Clement thing that is on Fox. We're going to talk about all that, Close. And we're going to start F- close. with the F- FX. But close. FX. Well, look, ah, <laughs> oh, they move it around. Yeah, it's like all a the puzzle same. piece. It's all the same. It's all the same, all the damn same crap. Thing. It's all the same
0: damn thing, anyway. What the hell is the difference? That's <laughs> all a big. The whole, whole thing is a. The whole world wrapped up in a smelly sock, as uh, Christopher (laughs) Guest said.
1: (laughs) Wow. That's – well, that says it all. Um, So you started as a performer as a kid.
0: I did, yes. I did. I used to do TV commercials. Yep, I did TV commercials my – let's see, from – I was about five until about a week ago. (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: at least that's how it felt no I, um, yeah no I did TV commercials my entire childhood and yeah I did a lot I did a lot of TV commercials and-
1: No, there's a lot of um, speculation that those are just passive income bank forever what's the actual truth about that
0: you mean bank you are talking about money
1: wise or yeah
0: oh 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 yeah I, I I amassed a, a, a huge sum that I can't even disclose today. That no, my parents spent every penny of it. That's what. That's
1: <laughs> well. That's a reversal. That's why,
0: that's why it was. Uh, yeah, something new in the industry. They, they clearly didn't had never heard of the Jackie Coogan laws, <clears throat> but uh, which prevents was supposedly prevent that stuff, but. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, my family lived off of it, basically, is what happened. <laughs> so.
1: Wow. That's a, yeah. And as I recall, family of nine, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yes, that's right. Wow, you're, uh,
1: you're good. Classic, classic yeah. Irish. That's a I mean, small family for the Irish.
0: Yeah, my, on my street, that was like, yeah. There were actually people on my street, I, I'm not even joking, who had like 12 kids and, and 13 kids on where I grew up in Long Island.
1: And just look down on you for only yeah. having nine. Yeah,
0: I look down on me too. So what difference does it
1: make? <laughs> so, it's just one um, more. Just one more person looking down on me. Who cares? <laughs> inside the smelly sock. That's, um, that's right. That's that's Christopher. <laughs> a lot of people Gess. inside that sock. <laughs> Christopher Guest.
0: you ever see that skit? Christopher Guest says that it is skit with uh, it's Billy Crystal and Brother Theodore. Uh, it, it was oh a special. God. I think it was a Billy Crystal special. And Billy Crystal is dressed as Sammy Davis Jr. And Brother Theodore. Do you remember Brother Theodore? Sure. Let he, him in
1: foil for a long time. That's
0: right. He is, the two of them, for some reason, the conceit in this thing is that they're doing a special. And uh, Sammy Davis Jr. and uh, what's his name? Art.
1: Brother Theodore. Brother Theodore. Are doing
0: Who's On First Together? Oh, that's and, fantastic. <laughs> and Christopher Guest is that character, he plays, you know, the director character who uh, and he's and he's trying to explain to them about who's on first. And he's you know, guys, you know, it's 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 a it's a word play, it's a back and forth, it's a bit it's a who's on first, I'm on first, you're on first, I'm on first he says it's the whole <laughs> world wrapped up in a smelly sock. <laughs> And then, and then Brother Theodore, and then the whole thing that's so great about it is Brother Theodore is like doesn't understand the concept. So it's, you know, Sammy Davis Jr. is going, hey, man, so what's the guy's name on first date? And he's going, the guy's name is who? He's like screaming. <laughs> <laughs> and Christopher guess has to keep coming in and going, okay, Theodore, it's, it's a joke, Theodore. It's not a real thing.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. That's great.
0: So sorry, sorry to go on that tangent.
1: No, but- no, because that leads us right to Letterman, uh, which you worked <coughs> oh, on yeah. for '91, um, I think. How'd I started, you get that gig?
0: I started in '86 or something like that. Wow! I started. I started out as an intern. I did. A, I did an internship. That's how I got it.
1: That's how I. Uh, How'd you get the internship through school I, or th- just walk in? Um, no, my the craziest thing was I was
0: uh, at my sister's house and my sister uh, I stayed over I was like overnight or something and my sister said hey Letterman last night was looking for uh he mentioned they're looking for interns. <laughs> I'm not kidding, I'm not kidding. This is absolutely true.
1: It's the greatest story ever. <laughs> it, it's absolutely true. She
0: she mentioned they Your were looking sister. for interns. She goes you should you should go you should call them and I said they're going to be 900 thousand people calling. I'm not calling. What am I going to, it's ridiculous. No chance. So my sister said, I'll call them. My sister called them up and said, my, my brother, uh, yeah, my brother would be great. He'd be great to do this internship um, and uh, you should meet him. And then uh, the woman, Kathy Michaels said, who worked there, said, oh, sure. Can you come in today? I, I, like <laughs> 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 and then I got on the phone and was like uh, yeah sure I'll come in and I came in and that, I'm not kidding that's how it happened it was completely insane and, does your uh,
1: sister hold it over you to this day that um, your entire career was due yeah, to her phone was call due,
0: due to her making
1: a phone call
0: yes uh, no she doesn't at all actually but
1: uh, wow. I, so I, you I, start as an intern for how many years uh, I was an
0: intern for like Oh, I don't know, whatever the the full thing is. You know, you, you can only do it for a semester or something. Oh, like that, you or, can't. Okay. Or whatever, something like that. And eventually they hired me on the show. And then uh, and then I was like a PA and I was, you know, doing all kinds of shit. And then I was giving stuff to I was answering at one point, you know, I was answering phones and shit like that. And then I was giving Steve O'Donnell, I just started giving him, you know, the head writer. I was just giving him stuff uh jokes and things like that and I just kept giving and them that stuff it. and eventually, yeah, eventually they hired me as a writer and, and then I became a writer and and then um I don't know. That was about it. That's the end of that. What did you
1: base your uh sketch approach on or your r- joke writing approach on? Who or what did you base it on? You're sitting in Long Island or wherever you're living and this opportunity comes up. You're suddenly an intern on Letterman. You think to yourself, "Hey, uh, maybe I can write this stuff." <laughs> oh, well, I know it was what. What, be- what was in al- you said? I can write this.
0: Well, I was always interested in comedy, and when I went to college, I studied film, uh, which is a total waste of time. And where'd um, you go? <laughs> SUNY Purchase. <laughs> oh, sure, SUNY yeah. Purchase. Yeah. Didn't? Don't you have somebody, your brother, or somebody? My my brother be, taught
1: at SUNY Purchase. For right. A, okay, a that's what I thought. Time. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Oh that's the another great part uh, that's another great part of the story I forgot to mention. Mm-hmm.
1: What? Go but, ahead, what? No, I was trying to think the fighting uh I didn't have a joke. Oh the, the fighting fightin', uh, oh, the, the,
0: the hacky sack the, team? The fighting the,
1: the, fightin', the fightin' auteurs, I believe was the, uh, <laughs> the SUNY purchase yeah. nickname. <laughs> yeah. The right. Their big their big
0: team was the Hacky Sack. Team. Oh you know, wow! I remember hacky sack?
1: That I do like, remember and, hacky and fris sack.
0: and frisbee. Everyone else, like all my friends, were like, "Yeah, we had a football game this weekend." Well, You know, like we're all screaming. I'm like, "Oh yeah, we <laughs> had a frisbee thing. tournament. Tournament, <laughs> I think." I don't even know. So
1: you study film there. You don't, it doesn't. Yes, uh, but I forgot
0: to mention that this is the best part. It's, it's related to the Letterman thing. So I studied film there and I, I've always been interested since I was a kid. I've always been interested in comedy. I just, I love old comedy and movies and all that stuff, you know, movie comedy and everything. But so I was studying film cause I was interested in comedy and, uh, so at any rate, I was, whatever year I was in at school, it was like my, I guess it was my fourth year at college. And when I got this internship, and this is absolutely true. I got this internship and it's, you know, a school that's supposedly a professional preparing you for the professional world, you know, right. to go work, you know, in, in, in entertainment. And, uh, so I, all I needed to do for the, to get to Letterman gig, the Letterman thing was get one college credit. That's all I needed to do. So I go to the school and explain this to them. They, The film department, they get together. They have a meeting. I'm sitting outside for like an hour while they discuss this. They come out and the answer is no. I swear to God, I'm like what What do you want uh, we we just don't think it's a good idea I, holy I'm, smokes couldn't believe so, so eventually what happened was i had to go to the president of the college and i know I letterman to, may
1: have actually agreed with him
0: i uh, am <laughs> but not, letterman may sure. have
1: said you know the whole thing is not a good idea
0: the whole thing is just <laughs> stupid no but I it was it was unbelievable how fucking dumb it was so then I had to go to the president wow. of the college the president and I had a, it like it was, I'm like a meeting like with Dean Wormer, you know like in his office and he's like what why would they not do that and I said I, I have <laughs> no idea and he said well I'm going to do it you can have yes I yeah, I'm aggr- <laughs> I'm agreeing to it it, it was it was wow. insane yeah, it was completely crazy at any rate, so but that was a long, boring story to get to another boring story. No, I'm kidding. No. Um, so now
1: you're you're feeding material to Steve O'Donnell, legendary writer and head writer at Letterman. I think he spent some time on SNL, if I'm not mistaken. He's I done a, I, don't, I don't. I don't think he did it. I, think I don't know if he's Letterman. done that. But he was at Le, he was at Letterman forever. His Maybe brother. I
0: think his brother might have been at, at SNL for a little while. Marco, right? But. No, but he was, uh, you know, he yeah, was pretty much at Letterman for
1: years. Yeah. 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 And what kind of stuff are you giving him?
0: Um, you know, just, um, uh, yeah, just jokes, you know, like top 10 jokes, things like that, that. You know, whatever they were, whatever we were looking for at the time, you know, it, it, it could be, I, I don't know. I, 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 I came up with a couple of sketches and, uh, and I just, you now I just write generally just write letterman type jokes and things like that. And ideas for, you know, gags. What's, and things like what's that.
1: the first uh, sketch idea of yours that they did that had to have been a, a completely insane sort of thrill. It
0: was, and I can't remember what it was. <laughs> That's how much of a thrill it was. <laughs> no, it really was, but I, now I can't remember what the hell it was. I think it was, oh, it, it was a <laughs> takeoff on those Burt, you know, those Burt Reynolds, the end of Burt Reynolds movies when they have you know, the credits rolling and. You know, they're they're just all they're all laughing at, you
1: know. Oh it's you know, all the outtakes from the movie. E,
0: e, the outtakes, supposedly, the supposed right, right. fake, fake, you know, laughing outtakes. And it was just Dave and Paul at the end of the show while the credits are rolling doing doing fake outtakes. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah yeah, oh no, my god, that's so funny. Like laugh totally <laughs> fake laughing and total, <laughs> I think that was it, but I can't I I honestly can't remember.
1: So you're on that show for several years what's that writer's room like
0: um it was it was kind of a, i don't know exactly what most of these writers rooms are like it's just a group of people sitting around a table and you're coming up with uh, you know just ideas what the hell are we going to do tomorrow you know is anybody we need it and generally that show works um because they had the comedy pieces, would be you know, the, you have an act one comedy piece. Dave would do the monologue, then you'd have a comedy piece, which is a standard, right? You know, talk show. show, talk show, everything. So they, you do that. Then in the middle of the show, there'd be another comedy piece, which sometimes would be longer or it'd be. So, um, and, and then on top of that, you had the top 10 list. So it was. It was kind of standard you know like you were just sort of putting right
1: pieces. you're refilling these uh these these bits exactly but refilling at the stuff. same time are you being assigned that is o'donnell separating people out or does everybody throw in on everything he never no they never really
0: assigned anybody
1: anything it
0: was kind of just
1: you know come up with stuff
0: you know whatever you see what you can come up with oh and you also had to do you you wrote all like week you wrote viewer mail jokes too. So that, which was real, you know, real mail uh, from real listeners. It was real people. Some people don't think it was real, but it actually was real mail. And, um, and you know, you have to come up with jokes for that and stuff. And, but it's, but the primary thing with everyone getting together was you get together for like the top 10 list and everybody would write jokes for that. And then, Steve O'Donnell would just we just sort of talk about it and talk of pick like he he would generally and Dave would pick the you know the top 10.
1: Now on a, a on a nightly show like that the turnover is crazy in terms of material. Oh, yeah. So how much of it actually gets spitballed and how much is guys just going to their room writers just going to their rooms writing and handing in material that Steve kind of sorts <coughs>
0: I'd say, I, I, I think about my my feeling is about 60 like percent of it is was people writing stuff because like there were people who would just write monologue jokes, like Jerry Mulligan right. and, and, and uh, Larry Jacobson and people like that would just write monologue jokes. You know, they, they'd write additional stuff. They'd add other things in too, but that was their primary thing. So every day they'd come in and just do, you know, a whole bunch of monologue right, jokes. Right, right. Um, and then, you know, other people were better at doing other stuff. You know, I started out doing some skits and writing. I did a, a skit um, where Dave, it was called uh, Dave Letterman, Haircut Cop, where he was a <laughs> he, he was a barber. <laughs> By day and at night, he was a fighter, fighter of crime. (laughs) (laughs) Now, (laughs) which you can find on YouTube someplace.
1: (laughs) That is one of those bits that sounds like the name may have come before the concept. And that's a perfectly great way to write comedy is sometimes you get a phrase or a hook in and you go, that just sounds funny. Now let's figure out what it is.
0: Well, you you're <laughs> absolutely right because you were asking before. You know, where do things sort of come from? I was I used to live in Brooklyn, and I was walking when I walked at Letterman, and I walk every day to, to get the subway, and there was this literally this barbershop that had been there for about 150 years with those old seats and the the guys, the guys in there were like a hundred years old and it was like something out of the
1: Sopranos or something. 70 Italian guys just going, okay, you're done next. Right. Yeah. Right.
0: Right. Sitting around doing absolutely nothing. How about a flat top? You know, like that's all he did. (laughs) And I used to walk by it every single day and I'd laugh my, I just like laugh looking at this thing. And then it occurred to me, suddenly it occurred to me like, what, it would be funny what would be funny to be in this like dave doing something in this scenario and i just thought <laughs> how do you put it together with like a C, an nbc special you know it's like sure a, like, a, like it's a, like an upcoming you know special or,
1: law and order episode it, it, yeah
0: exactly right <laughs> exactly this was actually a- Think before law and order. Believe it or not, but
1: uh, so yeah. what makes you go? Uh, what makes you decide to move west? Essentially, I believe. Oh, um, I was offered to work on uh, news radio by
0: by. I, well, I first got an offer to work on the Ben Stiller show, which
1: they hired me was for the sketch show. The the, the uh, sketch show, yeah, and right, right.
0: I I didn't really want to. I was like, oh god, I don't really want to move out to California. And it literally happened in in a weekend. It was like they they contacted me on like a Thursday and said, hey, you know, we we really like you to come. We're doing this show. We'd like you to come out here. And um, I I was sort of stunned because I was like, I don't know how do I? And then they they said, oh, we want you to come out. We want you to do it. And it was like, can you be out here on Monday? And, And (laughs) <laughs> I, I I was not prepared at all, so I ended up not doing it. Um, and uh, and as Paul Sims always says to me, like, yeah, yeah, that's that's okay. You just you just could have had an Emmy award from that. I guess I guess they won an Emmy award. <laughs> they which, did
1: yeah. for the one season. That was the Judd Apatow. Uh, that's right. These, the Judd. Yes, yeah, Judd right. Apatow. One of his first and, big credits.
0: That's right. And I mean, yeah, I talked to Judd. I remember talking to Judd Apatow, and he was really nice, and and. Uh, and um, Ben Stiller and stuff, and they were like, you know, saying, "Oh, we like your Letterman stuff and all that." I don't know. So, so anyway, that didn't that didn't work out. So that was an interesting story for you. So that didn't well, even happen. You
1: know, it is interesting in the sense that so many uh, jobs for writers come up that exact way. That yeah. is often the pattern for a lot of these gigs. Oh my God! It's uh, someone almost- will call you and go, "Hey, can you do this?" And you go. What sounds interesting, then they go, Can you have a packet in in three and a half hours? And you go, Jesus.
0: No, No, exactly. No, exactly. That's
1: I guess. And And kind of if you don't move that fast that is that's about third on the priority list for them yeah. it's talent it's ability in a room and can you be here Thursday that's you right. know, that's you, really important still can you, so, can you put this
0: packet together in 15 minutes quick go you know, right yeah. you know I mean none of them are that bad but it's pretty close pretty but close the-
1: and and nowadays especially with so many platforms
0: oh uh, yeah. gigs
1: are flying and you either snag it or you don't oh yeah and, and- so how do you meet Sims? Paul he Sims, was, who he, then winds up Paul, hiring you on news radio.
0: He worked, we worked on Letterman together. He was a writer also. So we both worked together and, you know, we just became friends and we're always, you know, fucking around and everything and yeah, constantly, you know, joking and all this stuff. And then um, he went out to California to work on something. I forget what Larry Sanders, I think, or something. Um she was working. Worked at for a little
1: while. She, I might mean, have worked with you. Didn't you work on Larry? Singer? He was there before I was there.
0: Okay, right. That's right. Maybe he was there before you were there.
1: Okay. Yeah, and in fact, his departure to go run his own show, which I believe was news radio, it was news radio. Yeah. Um, that was one of the main uh, uh, speed bumps that made Gary Shandling, um, um angry and have an issue, I should say, that made him concerned and have an issue with uh, Brillstein Gray management. And that was really sort of um, the last straw that uh, helped get motivated Gary to to, uh, sue them. Yeah, to sue them because he felt, look, I'm just running a writer's workshop for real secret right. guys are coming in for a year or two right. and then going out running their own shows so i do remember that yeah i remember yeah. paul uh in that scenario and the show was news radio
0: it was yep that was the show and um
1: so he so, grabs you now now he, you he move out called, he just
0: called me up and he said hey i want you to work on the show and i'm like what's what what is it and he said oh i just this pilot i'm doing and i want you to come on out you know and so i did you know, I finally did. I, I, I and um, I very reluctantly came out to California, thinking, "Okay, I'll come out there and do six episodes, and I'll move back to New York, and that was it." And then, you know, five years later, I was still there. So,
1: right, still pounding away.
0: What I'm was still that trying experience? To move back to New York.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Go, but by the way, if anybody are. has an
0: apartment that they, it's a nice apartment. that's a. For, <laughs> Rent or even to buy.
1: Here we got a no. studio. You're going to have to lose everything on the fireplace mantle and <laughs> on the cat. There's no room for it. <laughs> That's right. Um,
0: That's you right. go he-
1: from a, a, a heavy, maybe, maybe the modern model for a talk variety show, Letterman nightly mm-hmm. show. You're grinding, you're cranking jokes, 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 sketches, sketches, sketches. It's almost all refillable stuff. Yes. We've got this compartment, right to this. We've got these kinds of jokes, right to this. You go from that to a sitcom room run by Paul Sims mm-hmm. for news radio. What is that transition like?
0: Um Well, it actually wasn't even a room. there was it was it was me and two other writers. <laughs> so it wasn't really like even a room. We just sat there in an <laughs> office and and for the fir- seriously, for the first four episodes, it was there were four writers, me. Uh, Josh Lieb, uh, Brad Isaac, and Paul, and we just sat in an office that, you know, we, we, at Sunset Gower Studios, you know, which is like used to be the old Columbia Columbia Pictures lot and everything. But right, and we just sat in an office, and you know, what, what would what do we, what should we do? You know, it's literally like, all right, Paul. Paul had some ideas, but he was like, you know, uh, anyway, what do we what do we, <laughs> what do we do an episode of that? Anybody have any thoughts? You know, and, and in fact, I believe this may be true, but the first episode after the pilot was originally <laughs> supposed to be uh, a thing that I wrote with Paul and I wrote, which was Howard Stern calls into into the show and Phil Hartman's is a character gets into um, like a fight with him, gets into a fight and it turns into this whole, stu- he doesn't understand who, you know, the, who he is or anything. And then the people right. were calling in and going, you know, Baba Booey and yelling at him and all this stuff. <laughs> and, um, that was supposed to be, I think it was supposed to be the first episode after the pilot, or maybe it was the second, but, um, I just remember we, we did it. We, and we were, the table reading was, it was a funny script and NBC and, and uh, um, uh, uh, Jim Burrows were like, "Does anybody know who Howard Stern is? Does anyone really care about that? I mean, really I mean, do you think?" And we were like, "Sure, they do. Why would they? Why do they not care?" <laughs> right. So, so we didn't do it. We ended up not doing it. So, but that was one of the first ones, uh, that and we that was
1: through. right about when Stern started mm-hmm. to syndicate.
0: Yeah, oh uh, yeah. Nationally, in,
1: and I th- I think he, he came into in, LA around ninety four already. Yep, yeah. Yeah,
0: he just started, I think, i fairly soon. You know, Thereabouts, yeah. Before yeah. that.
1: Before that. Yeah. So did they ever um, wind up doing the episode?
0: No, we never ended up doing Ugh. it. We just burned so like one of the first ones we ever wrote, which is like what's funny that you're asking I just forgot about this until now, but literally one of the first ones we wrote, we didn't do. <laughs> just had, <laughs> had to, to burn it. Had to burn it. Totally burn it. Oh so, my God! Yeah, so that was that was good. We had the table read, and I think we had to postpone it. And go, all right. We're going to postpone it a week and do and do another do something else or something. But uh, yeah, that. So I forgot what your original question was. what was that your question?
1: Did I? How do it? you get from a small office with Paul Sims and you three and Paul shrugging essentially going? All right, let's start spitballing. Yeah. <laughs> what do we do here? Yeah, how do you what get do do? from that to a successful show? I'm sure casting was insane, a- and then you get yeah. up and running, and it's successful enough that first season to keep going gets renewed. When does it kick in? Is it season two when everybody goes, "Okay, we better get an actual office here and hire another six writers and get this thing cranking"?
0: It was yeah, that wasn't until the second season. We wrote all of the whatever they were, six first, six ones or something like that. And then, um, you know, then NBC picked it up. And the funny thing about it was ev- literally every season of that show, we all thought, okay, well, we're done. It's over. We're, you know, <laughs> because <'cause> NBC, I'm <laughs> not even kidding. Like we'd, every, every time we'd finish and we'd go, all right, well, now we got to look for something else to do, I guess. Because <laughs> NBC kept picking it up. Um, and we couldn't kind of figure it out because they they liked the show, but they kept moving it. It was moved. It was a show that was moved. Just it had like eight different time slots. It was completely wow. insane. It was completely nuts. And um, so, I, you know, I don't even know. I guess it just was on the strength of you know Phil Hartman and Dave Foley were were, right. were really good, and it was a good cast, and they kind of all meshed. Um,
1: how was it working yeah. with those guys? It was great. Phil was
0: fantastic. You know, Phil was uh
1: He's money. He was just Oh yeah such yeah. a consummate pro. Oh and so gifted.
0: God. Everybody and everybody, you know, when we eventually did have a like a fuller staff of writers everybody just wanted to write for Phil, you know, they, they wanted to, cause you know, you'd have an A, B and C, whatever story in these things. And generally right. Phil would be one of the stories and everyone was like, I, I want to do the, let me do the Phil one. I want to do the Phil. One. Okay. They just wanted to do this. Cause, cause you can write the, just the craziest stupid shit imaginable. Right. It's, and it's, it it's always it's, the most fun, you know?
1: Yeah. It's a double barrel because you can write for an extremely well-defined character, a defined, you know, quite heavily by the actor himself phil hartman and you also know if push comes to shove and we're at the 11th hour i can kind of turn out a little piece of crap and he'll still make something of it oh god
0: yeah he can still make something out of it and which was so funny because he used to do that when you'd you'd film him you film these shows we film them in front of an audience and you know you film a scene and then you stop and then you sometimes go back and refilm again or change some stuff. And he was great because you could throw stuff at him, just go down, you know, because right on the stage. So often I, I would have to, Paul, or somebody would walk over, I would or Paul would, and I'd say, you know, maybe try, what about trying, maybe try this line next? or so, You know, what am I doing this instead as an alternate? And he'd go, you tell him what the line was, you tell him the idea, and he'd think about it, and he'd go, all right, let's do it. You know, like <laughs> wow, it was never like. I, I, nah, I don't think so. Yeah. You know,
1: like a lot <laughs> Hang of actors on, get it on a cue card. Yeah, it yeah was never yeah. any of that. Yeah, no, no, no. He
0: would just go, <laughs> "All right, let's try it," and he would like almost always get it. It was great.
1: But yeah. the thing,
0: the thing yeah. I just thought of also, what we talked about primarily, you were asking what we, what, how we developed it or how we talked about it was. um we talked about it uh, in the office about the characters initially a lot right after before we even shot anything. And that was one of the big things about it was trying to figure out how do you make this? So it's not, you know, cause he, for example, Phil Hartman's character was a little bit like Ted Baxter, you know, on
1: Mary Tyler Moore. Right. Sure. And it was
0: kind of, we talked a lot about how do we make him funny, but not literally like do a ripoff of Ted Baxter.
1: Right, and right. I
0: think we came up. You know, we eventually came to the idea of just making him a lot more, a lot more of a cynical jerk rather than a pompous, like more of a pompous ass. He was just sort of a cynical jerk and
1: right, kind of, kind yeah. of stupid
0: at the same time. But
1: yeah, he understood um, more of the games, the psychological yeah. games that go on in the workplace.
0: Yeah, no, and and he, you know, he instigated a lot of them
1: too, which was very different right. from
0: like that. What. Ted Baxter would do. Yeah, so, everything got
1: pulled so, over on Ted for the most yeah. part. and stuff Whereas, like
0: that, stuff like that, we, that, all of that we talked about a lot, you know, in the, in the beginning. That's primarily what we first were talking. When you said, like, go with that transition and you're going in are not doing this, we were just trying to figure out who the hell are these characters and what are they doing. And so.
1: Um, we're going to, we're going to come back, but I, I do want to say this. When you. Uh move on with your career. You do some other sitcoms watching Ellie, you're consulting on other shows, you're in those kinds of rooms. When you reflect back on it, Paul, I'm sure, just by what you're saying, ran a pretty a more easygoing room, I would say, it sounds like, or at least a little bit looser room.
0: Oh, yeah. Did you
1: find yeah. that? I oh, mean, def- oh, could- definitely. Yeah.
0: He he Paul always liked um- the, the main thing he said was he hated, like, writer's rooms, which I, I kind of don't blame him. I, I kind of agree yeah. a little bit because it's, it's so – these things of like the people do, you know, working on stuff. You know, I worked on a show for CBS uh, a couple of years, like several years ago, and yet we never left the room. We sat in the room from 10 o'clock in the morning until 7 o'clock at night, and it's just – there's nothing more draining than that. And unfortunately, yeah. I mean, a lot of things, have to, you know, have to be like that, I guess. But man, you've done it yourself, you know, like a million yeah, times. Yeah, I'm and not
1: so sure. I don't know the sitcom world that well. I worked on Sanders, uh, on Larry Sanders, but that was such a, such a wildly different beast from head yeah. to toe, yeah. even structurally, that um, that it's not comparable. And in fact, when I took that experience and tried to sort of do some sitcom work... um. It was a square peg in a round hole, you know. Because mm-hmm. I would go, well, you know, what's the why would these characters do that, you know? Right. And in a lot of sitcoms room, sitcom rooms, they they don't need that at that point, you know. They're yeah. at a level of the progress of the script where they just want jokes, or yeah, but you they, know what, I would say, motivation I would is so weird. So you know, I would get in these rooms and and or I would just pitch jokes later in the process. And then someone would eventually say, I'm not sure that character would say that. And you go, okay, but it's, you know, we're taping in two hours. Right. And the reason we're in the room now is because it's not funny enough. Right. So it's such a pressure cooker, those rooms. It really depends on the showrunner. It really does.
0: Oh, it absolutely does. And the thing that you pointed, that you hit on, which is actually really true in this all of this stuff is – the, mo- the really the most important thing on sitcoms much more important than jokes. everybody thinks jokes are what it, 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 you know everybody can write jokes I mean, I mean I'm not saying it being cavalier like I just mean a lot of people can write jokes and there are some a lot of writers who only write jokes that's all they do but the hardest part of the sitcom of sitcom stuff is stories coming up with stories like what you were saying like why would that person do that and why and that was a big thing you know we grappled with a lot with with just the hardest part
1: was always coming up with the stories not how did you break those? Did you do them together? Did you guys go away that, that and come we, up with ideas and come into the room? How did you break the stories?
0: We try to come up with ideas, like everyone would say, you know, come up with some ideas for, for some shows, some thoughts about, you know, stories. Dave does this, Dave and Lisa, or whatever, you know, just – and um, then we just get together and just talk about it, and uh, generally, like, the night before the table read – we'd figure out a story and write a script which right. which is completely insane i'm not even kidding that's absolutely what happens sometimes at like two often
1: that's a, a part of the process though if yeah if if it comes organically from the writers and i imagine it does certainly for paul is it's always percolating whether you whether you shoot on friday and you started on the previous saturday And it doesn't feel like you're starting and some ideas are flying and doesn't quite work. And then you start to cobble something together and you're like, maybe okay. And then suddenly Thursday hits and it kind of congeals. It gels. I'll never, ever forget one time at Sanders, Gary walked in literally at 11 p.m. the night before we were shooting and he said, I got it. We have to begin the episode where we ended the script. And they had to break it down and start all over again. But he was right. No. It took him, his process, it took him the whole six days of looking at this story and living with it to realize we start at the end. That's where it starts. Right. Now let's go. Uh, right. So so that 11th hour thing is not that odd a scenario, I don't think, with good no, no. creative writers.
0: But it, it is, again, just to go to the point that you were, you had said earlier, actually was it, it really is about story stuff. And if you're writing on these sitcoms, the toughest thing to do is come up with stories. I would say if anybody, if some people are looking to try and get on shows or something, you, you, you have to. They're looking for unique stuff all the time. You know, everyone's looking for you know, what because you could come up with ten thousand jokes, yeah, right. constantly. It does that doesn't really do you that much good unless you're you got something to hang it on. So, and I think that's what made news radio work too, was that we had pretty good stories where you didn't have that thing that you were saying. That's, that seems unrealistic or that seems, you know what I mean? Right. Like, and yeah. then, cause a lot of shows I worked on, it's like, you, you go, that this just seems preposterous. And then they're, they had, you know, the writers, the guy who's doing it or whatever is like, well, it's fine. Let's just do it. You know, and you're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's do it. go ahead. you know you don't, I don't know what the hell we're doing. Yeah, whatever you doing.
1: do. don't point don't point out that it's preposterous.
0: That's right. yeah, everyone, so everyone in the room stop pointing out that this is a terrible idea. how oh, it's moving. All away.
1: the characters in the show are gonna believe that it's not preposterous. That's right.
0: That's right. And let's not discuss it anymore. Let's move on. That's how you know you're on a good TV show, by the way when when things like that happen, maybe people well,
1: don't like yeah news radio now uh and increasingly every year gets uh looked upon and reflected upon as as really one of the great sitcoms and certainly one of the hot cult sitcoms right now news radio i mean oh, well, it's nice. streaming and people are loving it and and uh well, it had to have nice. been a thrill uh to write on that wow